Happy Thursday. Today we've got culture editor Jamie Gordon on the beef between the rappers Pusha T and Drake. Power intern Michael Waters on a hot new trend for business bros. And future intern Carolyn Haskins on the latest snag in the world of MoviePass. I'm your host, James T. Green, and this is The Dispatch. Culture. Jeremy Gordon, Twitter blew up Tuesday night. For the folks that don't know, what happened? <laughs> so a, qu- a quick recap of um, the, f- the last week in Drake World is Pusha T, who is uh, one half of the great rap group Clips and has been a solo artist for many years. Uh, he released a new album, which includes a song called Infrared, and which uh, revives a long-standing beef between him and Drake. How could you ever write these wrongs when you don't even write your songs? Uh, which originated uh, a, a little foggy out when it originated, but they've been going back and forth here and there for years. Uh, basically, mm-hmm. in the new diss track, Infrared, Pusha T revived these old claims of Drake being you know, kind of a fraud. He uses a ghostwriter, which is a claim that's been floated around for a few years. Yeah, Meek so Mill forth. did something about that, right? Yeah, and then... Um, Later that day, Drake released a diss track uh, called Duppy Freestyle. Man, you might have sold a college kids for Nike and Mercedes, but you act like you sold drugs for Escobar in the 80s. I had a microphone of yours, but then the signature faded. I think that pretty much resembles what's been happening lately. Fired back at Pusha T, basically accusing him of being a, uh, like, past his prime drug dealer who's just coasting on the old days, uh... Because, you know, Pusha T is less popular than Drake uh, and probably always will be. So he basically was just like, you're old and, you know, you, you know, you're a fake drug dealer. Or you haven't been one for years, blah, 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 blah. So that was Friday. So today or last night, uh, Pusha T releases a song called The Story of Adidot, which is a diss track aimed at Drake wrapped over the beat to Jay-Z's The Story of OJ. And it's like... One of the like coldest districts of like <laughs> recent memory, like a jaw dropping moment of like savagery. And basically, like Pusha T accuses him of being anxious over the fact that he's biracial. Confused, always felt you weren't black enough. Afraid to grow it because your fro wouldn't nap enough. Well, he accuses him of having a secret son. You are hiding a child. Let that boy come home. Deadbeat motherfucker playing border patrol. Ooh. Basically, accusing him of covering up a son that he fathered with a French adult star, adult film star, accused him of being ashamed of uh, his, like, secret son and his uh, mistress, accused him of being a deadbeat father, <laughs> brought up the fact of dead, Drake's own deadbeat father to basically accuse him of, like, revisiting the same generational trauma oh that's God. been inflicted on him. Uh, and just this, like, s- intense, methodical breakdown of Drake's character. So it basically escalated from, like, Pusha T saying, you use a ghostwriter, to Drake saying, you're old, to Pusha T saying, you're a shitty dad, and, like, you're going to only, like, do, you're going to do the same thing to your son that your father did to you, and, like, take a look in the mirror. Yeah, and the cold. crazy thing about it is, like, you know, most... Some of the most classic diss tracks ever recorded have this like kind of insane anger. Like my favorite diss track that I've ever heard is uh, Tupac's "Hit 'Em Up." Uh, 
and it's because it's mm-hmm. so violent and it's so like in your face and it's so rude and it's so like it's so boisterous and like so offensive but he's just like fuck you whereas like this song is like a, a fuck you but he says it in such a restrained tone like it's almost that he's just like listing facts like he sounds like he's worried for drake actually like, yeah like the, he sounds like a family member who's like right he's like a disappointing dad right. as you will and like and that's just like astonishing that the <laughs> fact that like yeah that because <laughs> it's all facts because i think Pusha t has you know pushes uh earlier in earlier in the day new york uh magazine released an interview that he he had done uh, with them, which he basically said, like, this is going to be the summer of, like, I got to speak my truth. And, you know, there's a lot of truth going around. So his stance is basically just like, I'm going to be as unvarnished as possible. And it's fascinating because, you know, Drake has gotten in these feuds before. I think most notably and most recently, he was in a back and forth with Meek Mill a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And that really, like, he won that, which is was an insane turn of events because, you know, if we, as we all recall, Drake uh, is a former kin- child star. He's Canadian. He's biracial. Like, he has all these hallmarks of, like, the, being not uh, authentic as a, you know, a rapper. Right. But it doesn't matter in 2018 because and it hasn't mattered for several years because he's so good at sort of leveraging his strengths and brand building and these are values that matter more whereas like meek mills literally like a street rapper like he dealt drugs like he went to prison like he followed the model of what authentic rap was considered for years um so why do you feel that Pusha t is doing this I guess, somewhat successfully. So the reason Meek Mill tried to go at Drake for being a hypocrite, for basically, he accused him of being a ghostwriter, which is where these accusations first came out. Um, But, you know, today that doesn't really stick because everybody accepts to a point that, you know, pop songs are made by committee, uh, rappers, uh, rap songs are made with tons of samples and whatnot. And, like, it doesn't really take that much uh, thinking to go to the next logical conclusion, which is like, hey, and so what if you use a ghostwriter to punch up your lyrics um, and obviously you know to an old school authentic rapper you come up with your own lines that's how it is uh, unfortunately like that's just not how rap fans like you know when I say rap fans I mean that's not how Drake fans think about it because he's uh Drake fans are like 17 years old and buy sneakers on like using their parents' credit cards and they're like, he's like swaggy or whatever. So anyway, so <laughs> so so the, so the, the attacks of being a hypocrite or like uh, being fake don't land as much. But this time, Pusha T just went for like Drake's family history, which Meek Mill never really broached. And the thing is like, <clears throat> when you start going that personal, like it's, and you start dragging out like <laughs> you're hiding a son and like you're a shitty father, like it's so cold blooded and not just that. And then, but the, the song is pretty over the top in some other ways. Like there's a line where he goes at uh, Noah Shabib, who is like Drake's longtime producer mm-hmm. and basically mocks him for having multiple sclerosis. Over your 40, hunched over like he 80. Tick, tick, tick. How much time he got that man is sick, sick, sick. Which is like f- fucking, you know, Mazel Tov, man. I mean, that, like, like that's like so over the top uh, and like undoubtedly offensive. And it can't like, you just cannot even um, justify it on any level whatsoever. And in fact, like the National Multiple Sclerosis Society gave a statement against uh, oh Pochetti being like, it's shameful that he would maybe be fun of by others. But like, and I obviously understand, but I guess, you know, one of the things is that uh, 
Noah had helped co-produce a song off of uh, Drake's mixtape last year, More Life, in which Drake took shots at uh, Pusha T and um, Kid Cudi. And there was a line on that about how basically mocking Kid Cudi for being like, have his, well, his well-publicized yeah. struggles with mental illness. Yeah. So on one hand, the argument is like, Listen, as you're, you're, you know, you're an active collaborator and like going after someone else's like illness. So the gauntlet's off, and like, fuck you, and it's shameless. I mean, that's so. What's, what's so fascinating about this is to me is at least like, you know, they're all millionaires, and like Pusha T making fun of a giant millionaire with MS is not the same as Pusha T making fun of like. Uh, a normal citizen with MS, which sounds like fucked up, but it is true by the by the stakes of like who he's going after and in the context of like what has been said before, and like so the audacity to just throw that out there on top of everything else is just like holy shit! Like he's really not playing around, and like I think the fact that diss at Noah at Shabib is so rude compared with the other disses at Drake that it, there must be some behind the back sh- uh, behind the scenes shit. Yeah, uh, and then on top of that, like. God, there's these rumors going around that like Drake had abs surgically implanted, and because they think that Pusha T is like subliminally referring to that fact, and that he's like, th- you know, he's gonna like drop his facts about Drake's illicit ab surgery, and there's just so much, so much potentially shady shit to come out. Because um, the thing is, like, I mean, Pusha T has been around rap for a lot longer, and yeah. um, I was always pretty surprised that Meek Mill f- screwed that up as poorly as he did, because I think he just was almost too earnest and naive to think that he could win it alone based off of like appeal to rap credentials but Pusha T uh, you know he's not he he never sold millions of copies as a solo record but he works with Kanye he works with like all these famous successful rappers like he knows the game and like honestly probably watched Meek Mill fail a couple years ago and is like this is the blueprint this is how we're gonna (laughs) go after him Um, and there's a Justin Charity, who's at the Ringer, uh, made this point that like uh, Drake's whole power is the fact that he kind of curates the elements of his life into this personal mythology that all of his fans are forced to accept as truth. Like he's always talking about his like his friends and his story and like his come up and all this bullshit. Uh, and whereas like so Pusha T introducing this element that is literally the truth, which is like you hid you covered up a son because that you won't live mm-hmm. with and you're a deadbeat dad. Like that And the album art. Yeah. And like that disrupts <laughs> I mean the album art, my God. But it's like that disrupts the mythology so brazenly that like it's like a real shot um and you know push it drake's gotta come back somehow i mean i, I saw someone say something like this is the, it, this was the type of district that like 20 years ago would have like led to someone getting murdered literally um yeah. which is like fucking dark but those are the rules <laughs> of the game and the rules of the game has changed have, have changed as such that someone like drake has been has never really taken the l because uh you know, he's managed to succeed given the modern stakes of what rap music is considered to be. So, yeah. and for in some sense, like it's uh, in some sense, it's been a long time coming. All right. Well, we'll wait and see if uh, Drake responds and I'll hit you back up. God, yes. Yeah, look, please do not be mean to me anymore. Power. So, Michael Waters. What is this new hotness that you came across? So the new trend among business bros is called sweatworking. Okay, so <laughs> is this exactly what I think it is? <laughs> it's exactly what you think it is. It's like 
we've apparently moved on from golfing as the main place to make deals. Um, and, you know, people have made deals on the golf course since the early 1900s. Um, yeah. It's like Morgan. immediately what I think of. It's yeah, like, yeah. You know. It's I mean, it's this big thing, this very male-centric thing um, to do business on the golf course. But apparently that is not enough anymore. And now we have sweat working, which is kind of similar in the sense that it's both exercise-based, like golf, except this is more hard exercise. This is like running or cycling or playing basketball as you network. Okay, so, like, I'm curious about, like, how this works particularly. Because, like, I, I will admit, like, I am a big, like, exercise nerd. Like, I bike everywhere. I I love having, like, leisure activity with friends that involve, like, exercising. But, like, in this point, you're supposed to be making business deals. So how are people, like, talking? Like, is there, like, a group that meets up or anything or... When it comes to running, um, in Boston, in the biotech community there, there is this weekly run um, that the Boston Globe recently covered. Um, and every Thursday morning at 7 a.m., a bunch of people from the industry, both investors and people working there, they convene and they go on um, this multi-mile run together. And they say the way that it works is that they run slowly. Um, <laughs> and they talk about how when they're networking, they have to do so a little bit more subtly because I think the last thing any of us wants to do when we're like sweaty and blasting music is talk about like our new idea for a business. Right, right. I, like I would imagine it would be super awkward. It's like while I'm like this person, I have no idea who I've met. I'm like super stinky. And they're like, hey, so would you want to fund my startup? It sounds, I mean, it sounds terrible because I am the kind of person who, like, when I'm running, I immediately avoid anyone that I vaguely know because I do not want to have a conversation. So I cannot imagine how this works, but... Are there any other areas where this is, like, kind of blowing up? Like, are there meetup groups that are happening or... Yeah, there's also, there's a lot of it in Silicon Valley. Um, there, especially for basketball, that's a big thing in Silicon Valley. I cannot tell you, <laughs> I cannot tell you how you network by playing basketball, but <laughs> apparently there's some time for it. I'm now gonna look at like groups of people so much differently now when I'm like out, <laughs> whether like I'm in the park for a run or whether I'm on my bike. I'm gonna be like, are these people networking or are they friends? This is so you never know anymore. <sighs> Man, everything everything leads to capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good lesson. <laughs> It's a business meeting reinvented called Sweatworking. The future. Carolyn Haskins, what did MoviePass do this time? What did MoviePass do this time? Yeah, that's probably the best way to frame it. Um, so they partnered with um, this student loan refinancing company, Laurel Road, and they're saying, oh, if you refinance your debt <laughs> from university loans, then uh, we'll give you a free MoviePass subscription. <laughs> so That doesn't sound like, um, so, uh, wow. It could, it could be a problem. It's uh, it's fairly cynical. Um, I mean, but considering uh, MoviePass's business model, it seems to make sense. Uh, they seem to be sustaining themselves based off of like these partnerships, and there's still there's there's information to be known about uh, exactly what kind of information is shared between MoviePass and these companies. Mm -hmm. I mean, a couple months ago, the CEO just casually said, oh, yeah, we're tracking you before and after you come to the movies, mm -hmm. and we're using this to make money. Okay, um, okay, so let's back up real yeah. quick. So for people who have no idea what MoviePass yeah, yeah, is, yeah. what is it? Uh, MoviePass is a subscription service, and you pay a little under $10 a month, and right now you can see one movie a day. Um, okay. Like a month ago, they said, oh, now you can only see uh, four movies a month. And then mm -hmm. people got really, really, really mad. Yeah, so they, and it sounds like, a, sounds like a pretty good deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I I have I have Movie Pass. You know why? <laughs> I thought I thought it was gonna save my social life. <laughs> <laughs> How's that been going? Limited success. <laughs> Okay, so you mentioned a little bit earlier that uh, MoviePass has been tracking uh, folks' data uh, through location services, right. um, and supposedly they stopped that. But the main right. thing I'm curious about is, does Laura Road, uh, the student loan company, have access to this data that MoviePass collects? Right now, that's kind of unclear. It seems like more of just a business partnership, like you're mm. going, like you're going to get. Uh, you know, free access to uh, to the MoviePass service, but that's not, you know, pretty much in any kind of situation where this company has your data already. I feel like it's 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 probably bad to assume that they're not sharing that information anywhere. But yeah. I, I feel like I can't speculate at this point. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, it, it might be uh, it might be a time to trawl through those uh, terms of service and see. Yeah, literally, because I can only assume that um, <laughs> as someone who has plenty of student loans, I my immediate thought is that like. Holy crap, the student loan companies are going to see where I'm going and be like, oh, we know where you are. We're going to find you to, like, get these payments. I don't know. It's just Right, (laughs) right. No, exactly. It's just, you know, they're already targeting people that can't afford to be going to the movies all the time. And now they're assuming that these same people are in debt Mm. from student loans. And, you know, there's probably a decent amount of crossover, I guess. Uh, (laughs) But it's just, I don't know. It's it's just another cynical business decision. Um, Well, another addition to our bleak capitalist future. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome to the future. It's great. It's taken hard work and determination, but you've earned an advanced degree and your career is on the rise. Today, you heard from Jeremy Gordon, Michael Waters, and Carolyn Haskins. The Dispatch is produced and hosted by me, James T. Green, and our theme is by the fantastic John Lagomarsino. Keep me posted what you think of the show. We're on Twitter at Outline Dispatch. And you can hit me up directly at underscore James T. Green. For subscribers, I'll see you Monday. Bye.